podcast where we talk about things with one super special guest every week. Just sit back, relax, and hear us speak on This Is Happening, the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to This Is Happening. This is Eric Morris. And this is Doug Buden. Hello. Oh, listeners, we have such a special treat for you. I used to say that all the time. It usually wasn't true. But, uh, <laughs> but today we have someone who's just one of my favorite people in the universe. Is that true, Eric? Why don't you tell us about today's guest? Tim Kirkman is a very accomplished writer-director who has made beautiful films again and again and again. Uh, his, his initial, I think his first film is called Dear Jesse. It's a, uh, it's a lovely documentary about... The fact that he and Jesse Helms are from both from North Carolina, maybe from the same town. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I saw that a long time ago. But it's a you know it's a, a chronicle of um, parallels uh, between their lives and you know being gay activism and and being like an uptight you know Southern <laughs> Republican. But it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't stop there because Tim so has also, also he also made a, a film called. Um, the Night Larry Kramer Kissed Me, which I saw as a play that David Drake did. Um, I never saw it. I read it maybe and then six I had or actually, seven times. I had several friends. Who, I had a friend that did it out here. and um, but So um, uh, Tim made the film version of that. He also made a beautiful film called Loggerheads, which is how we met. Uh, we met at the Sundance Film Festival through the lovely actress Tess Harper. Thank you, Tess. Hi, Tess. Hi, Tess. She, you know, I, I, well, you know, came up to her. She was saying, like, you know, you've got it. She was telling us that you know, we had to go see this film that she's in. Of course, she's promoting. <laughs> As she gave you a card but for she, the film, you got to see was, this film. But she was saying, you know, you, you know, you really have got to get to know this this guy Tim Kirkman. And that film has an all star cast, which I Kit definitely Cardew want to talk about. Is in it. Michael Kelly is in it. Uh, Bonnie Hunt. Bonnie Hunt. Chris Sarandon. Chris Sarandon. Sarandon. Oh, but Robin I do. Weigert. I love when people oh, Rob, say Weigert. Sarandon. I've heard a lot of people I say run Sarandon. Into Robin Weigert. Sarandon. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. The time. I don't know. Robin why. Weigert. Yeah, I see her everywhere. Didn't I see Robin Weigert <laughs> in uh, Angels in America on you Broadway? Did. You did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah. Oh, and the Emma Thompson. Yes, she was in. That she one was in as the well. HBO yeah, she, one. Yeah, oh, that's put a pin in that. Tim Kirkman will come back. That, that I know of. I mean, maybe you've made several since. I don't know. I saw Lazy Eye, which is a beautiful gay love story. It takes place in Palm Springs, I think, or Joshua, Joshua Tree. Tree. Same, yeah. same diff. Um, it is not. We're going to have a, a whole conversation. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. It's the same. Uh, you know what, Tim? Our listeners in Indonesia, it's indiscernible to them. They, it's, the, it's, the, it's the same word it's in the desert. Uh, Bahasa. Yes, in Bahasa, which well, Eric, and I, Eric and I are pledging to learn Bahasa, dear listeners in Indonesia. We are coming for you, Jar. Javanese we delight. We have, we've had some, you know, blips. In, we in have Jakarta. Indonesian listeners. Um, Hi, Jakarta. And they, <laughs> and we, we, it's been a recurring theme to shout out to them, and I mean, hopefully someone there is actually enjoying that. <laughs> At least six. <laughs> yeah, several, several. So, welcome, Tim. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, thank you. Thank we you. are delighted I you are here. I love the podcast, oh. and I'm so glad... To, to get to see Doug, too. Now. Yeah. Oh, aren't you yeah. sweet? I mean, um, Tim is someone who I've wanted to have on from the very beginning. Um, probably was on my initial list of, like, 
Who could come on? Fabulous Tim Kirkman. Well, this is this is like an A guest. <laughs> I well, someone who actually has it. done things. Yeah, this is not <laughs> one of those like, gee, who the hell can we find? Yeah, who's like. Let's just some friend of ours. We've been going like, through <laughs> Eric's neighbors. We've been knocking on doors. We had Anne Moore. We had she lives 80 feet away. We were like, put on the slippers and come sit down. We've Matt. had Bane mm-hmm. Gibeon. We've oh, yeah. had uh, oh, yeah. Chase Quinn on. Uh, these are literally just me dragging my we're neighbors about out to go to, We're about to go to their pets <laughs> next. Anne's dog must have something to say. So we are delighted that you are joining us in our undisclosed location at the bungalow. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm yeah. so glad to be here. I mean, it's so it's so fun. And to, when I uh, first yeah. met Tim, you lived in New York. Um, That's right. And you actually let me stay in your. Um, I, I would have God at that time. I was like just trying to like beg, borrow, steal for any place to stay in Manhattan because I was going there frequently. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I didn't want to always pay for a hotel. Um, and so I did actually stay. I like house sits at for your place in Brooklyn. Oh, oh really? One of the early times that I actually even went to Brooklyn. You had no idea, like what it was like. The experience Brooklyn. was so bad, <laughs> you, you just blocked it out of your head, Tim. You probably took his passport to get there. Well, no, I mean, I, just, I don't think I even overlapped with you. Somehow, I got the keys yeah, from someone. How did you do that? I forgot and, about um, that. That was a great apartment. That was a great apartment. Yeah, that was. It what was, happened to that apartment? Much appreciated. We sold it. You did to move to LA. And the we is my husband Drew. Oh, Drew. Bar right mm-hmm. um, is in the theater. He's a theater director. He's a theater director. Yeah. He worked at uh, the all the, over the place. But he did yeah. a lot of work. Was it at New York Theater Workshop or was the public Lincoln Center? A lot yeah, yeah. of stuff okay. at Lincoln Center. I heard of it. Yeah, and uh, all over the all over the country and, that, and I mean, now the world. I mean, he he did the, the he directed War Horse for the oh wow Dutch language in. In, um, oh, the, those guess, four or five years ago, those high waisted Dutch Australian. How does he premiere. like the move to LA? Because it's not really a great theater town. It, no, it's mm. been an adjustment. I mean, we've thank we've worked in LA theater. It's a little thankless. Mm. Although yeah, you, triumphed. you triumphed, you <laughs> triumphed. Yes, in LA and theater. look where I landed at an <laughs> undisclosed bungalow. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's not a, yeah, it's not Drinking a, La Marca Prosecco. It's not a... Ro- which <laughs> reminds me that tonight's podcast is brought to you by La Marca Prosecco. Enjoy it with your favorite podcast. Well, if they heard what you called it the other day when we had Berkeley Co. Shh, <laughs> that was the last week's yeah, podcast. No, no, they didn't hear. <laughs> Thank you, La Marca. For Thanks, La Marca. Or grazie. It's delicious. That mm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, all right, do continue. So you guys met in New York. You uh, house sat or, or well, borrowed? I mean, or stole. What did you steal? Yeah. What did you steal from Tim's apartment? You could Literally say it now. Nothing. Really? No. I, I, I You're saying there wasn't anything you wanted. I, you know what I remember? The floor. Yeah, the floors were great. If mm. I could have like picked up the floor <laughs> and brought them here, I would have. That's that I would have. It was stolen. a good place. It was but, just a long. It was one of those shotgun apartments. Oh yeah, of course. Was, like, Wide open, yeah. But like all the little um, doors, like the walls, like a suite of rooms, like, yeah. Like the railroad apartment, mm-hmm. the, the walls had been removed, so it was just oh, that's apartment. really nice. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and I, I um, we loved it. It was our first, it was our first home. I didn't know really, um, so it was brave of me to come stay there. <laughs> and, and now, and look at it now. <laughs> so let's take a little journey. Let's go back and little little journey with Tim, yeah. shall we? I mean, well, obviously the story starts in North Carolina. Where in North Carolina are you from, Tim? Um, I am from a little town called Wingate. 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 Oh, it sounds it's charming. It's a stoplight. 
tiny little Mayberry-like town, and um, it's a college town though. There's a, a university there, uh-huh. so it was all, always, um, you know, the, what's the, it the, near? It's near Charlotte. It's about okay. thirty miles from Charlotte. Oh, it's so that that's far. It's a, but it's it's kind of like psychologically or psychically or spiritually like really far from Charlotte. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, okay. it's like pastures and. Um, soybean fields and nice. livestock and poultry mm-hmm. and yeah, it, it is actually sort of really bucolic. Pretty. Yeah, it's very pretty, but it's become it's sort of more like you know every, the younger people leave now, and so it's not right. Driving. Right, they I think that happened. Wingate, everyone, yeah, they smaller towns. And they leave. they and they go to Charlotte or they leave the state. They just go other places. Mm. And yeah, Whereas I think people, that happens you know, all over the country. Used to, they grow up in small towns and marry someone from there. And, and work in your parents' and, store. Yeah, and there's just no, there's not a lot so, of I mean, to, to be anymore. honest, you know, Tim and I looked at doing something in North Carolina, and we um, we were in Charlotte, yes, we and we were in Asheville, and where's that Oak Park Spa thing? Where, you know, that, <laughs> oh, um, man, you're talking about the Grove Park Inn. Yes, that's right. Oh, the look, Grove their eyes Park. have lit up, listeners. I mean, that was a beautiful wow. place, and that, you know, the... the it was um, like you could walk into the fireplace. Oh, you know, really? Yeah, yeah. And the, you know, and the, at the time, you know, all the, of the presidents have stayed there. The isn't, Obama, isn't that and, Vanderbilt Mansion in North Carolina? It yeah, it's there. It's What's in it called? Asheville. It's yeah. the Biltmore Mansion. Biltmore, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it helped because you know Tim is a favorite son of North Carolina. He's shot films there, and um, you know, so we were just you know kind of like some location scouting and things. But I actually tell a story about that very stay. Because it, ha- it was during the um, campaign of, of 20, 2008, um, and uh, Obama was running, and it could have it was in the primaries. It was early in the year, and I remember like you were probably getting a massage or something like that, or because we were very well taken care of there. Yeah, it was we were. Lovely. But and we were about to like go to a dinner or something like that, and we were meeting in the bar. I got there a little early, unlike today. Um, and, um, How you, atypical. <laughs> and so, uh, and so, I sat down next to this guy, a guy, whatever, at the bar. Um, it's older, white gentleman, and uh, the you know Obama is on CNN mm-hmm. uh, at the bar television, and this is a very upscale hotel, spa, lovely place, um, and. He turns to me and he says, uh, what do you think of him? And I said, I think he's going to be our next president. And he said, oh, well, no. He said, uh, I don't think this country is ready for a nigger president. <gasps> no. I, I'm sure I told you at the wow. time because I, I, I was so this. shocked. I was just like, what? Yeah. I mean, I, I just was well, so... Well, classless the, people have well, money, just, too. But, but you just know. the fact, I mean, it, it's an indication, I think, of what's going on in North Carolina in a way among some people. That could happen anywhere, I guess. But yeah, it's just Bakersfield. It was very. I think it happens everywhere. It was very disappointing that that guy thought that that would be okay to say to say to me, and, you know, because like I, I just so I was just like, well, I think you're wrong about that. We'll see. Mm. Um, and you showed him. I will I, say though, well, uh, no, North, North Carolina. <laughs> I, I had the best. Pimento cheese in North Carolina. Something that this New York City uh, kid had never experienced before. Only about a year ago. And I was told that in North Carolina, like families have their own sort of recipe or batch of pimento cheese. Mm -hmm. So is there a Kirkman 
No, there's no Kirkman <laughs> one. It's like that's called Supermarket from Mentor. Oh, okay. But yeah, I've, I've my since then, God, I've, is I've that good? To make some. You did? Yeah, and you, the the trick is getting a little spicy, like something in there. Okay. A little uh, hot. Making Eric, a little, have you had pimento cheese? I'm sure I've tried it. it it's other. Worldly. Is it? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's real. It's so good. I, wish I was. We had I was, some right now. I was changing planes and I bought myself some at the airport mm. to take back to Los Angeles mm. with me. It was an American flight. <laughs> it was an American Airlines flight, of course. Mm. Speaking of American Airlines, did you know that tonight's <laughs> podcast is brought to you by American Airlines? Oh, we, we can hardly keep up. We can hardly keep up with all of the new sponsors. We have so <laughs> many <laughs> sponsors. Thank you again, American <laughs> Airlines. <laughs> One eight hundred four three three seven three hundred AA dot com. Thank you. That's your actual phone number. It is. I'm a, a I'm a little bit of a, a savant. The idiot is silent when it comes to um, airlines, their phone numbers, and all things traveling. It well, is and bizarre. People, I, and bizarre. you're telling me that people are seeking you out for travel advice, yes. which is smart. I've traveled with Doug. He's a, a, a world class traveler, and he has great karma and luck about um, getting upgrades to the point where like it has literally infuriated your family. Yes, yes. You know, because like we could talk there, about that another there has, time. Well, just briefly, just like there's been times where you like <laughs> checked into places and and maybe your 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 parents or your mother like didn't know where you were staying. Yes. And then all of a sudden, like towards the end of a trip, they they start like comparing notes on the rooms. So, like. Well, it's okay, whatever. And then they discover that Doug has had this like palatial a suite. balcony suite, and everyone else is stuck in like bunk beds or something. It, it, that like is that. true. It was also that, that was also the trip where we all were we were in Acapulco, and we were flying back to Mexico City, where my parents were then going to fly home to New York City, and I was going to fly west to LA. And we got on the plane, and for some unknown reason. I, and I alone, was in first class, <laughs> and my parents were in coach, and I and I said to the flight attendant, I, I sent the cookie back to my mom, and she brought it back, she said, your mother doesn't want the cookie. She also added some other things, which I won't repeat right now. It, it, I have been very blessed with Don, good luck travel cover. Uh, I, I always say it's just because I am nice, and I send letters, and thank you notes, N- not only complaints, but I also send... Um, thank you notes and compliments yeah. to uh, everybody that I can think of, and emails. I have. Uh, well, actually, I'm a le- I'm a letter writer, uh, yeah. but uh, with the airlines, I do use the website, Tim. And why? Well, I'll tell you. It's because mm-hmm. that you you have the opportunity to put in your record locator or your PNR, and that way they're able to instantly via computer link your note with your actual record, and that's how they very easily will deposit. 10,000 miles into your account. Thanks again, American Airlines. <laughs> that that is true. Th- that is true. I but I write does. letters. I recently got a letter from Prince Harry and mm. um, uh, Meghan, Duchess of Sussex. I got a letter back uh, from the Queen. Well, not from the Queen, but from uh, one of her ladies-in-waiting, Annabeth Whitehead. Do you remember what she said to me, Eric? That uh, the Queen commanded you, her, it to Commanded write her to write me back. Yeah. If you want, uh, not just you, Tim, but everybody, even you in Jakarta, if you write a letter to the Queen or to any member of the royal family, they will write back. Whoa. That's probably true of the Obama, I have a beautiful too. letter from Obama that he signed, wished me a happy birthday, 
and it was a thank you note for the letter that I wrote to him. I have a letter from Hillary. I have a letter from Judy Dench. Oh yeah, oh, I have Dan, a, I've met but Dan I, Dan I do Judy. think that I have a collection uh, of them. I have a great story about Judy. Oh Dench. do do. Oh please, let, let, let's let you talk. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I say I don't want to talk about my travels. We have we have Tim Kirkman here. A fun story about Judy Dench because I was I, for a while. I don't know if you know that. I know you know this, but uh, I was. Uh, Worked at Miramax. Oh, okay. Many, many years. That's right. In the marketing department doing advertising. Mostly Academy Awards campaigns. But I, at, at this particular moment, I was flown to Oh, England. the shenanigans that were going on at Miramax. Oh, that's uh, another ooh, podcast. That's ooh, a whole yikes. other podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah we um, need... We'll put a pin in that. Please. So you were flown to England? Uh, England. They were, they were shooting Shakespeare in Love. And so I was from the art department. I was sent over to stay there for a week to put together shots of the cast for the poster in the advertising campaign nice it was yeah it was great and so but they were shooting and what what's there's nothing that annoys actors more than when they're in character Mm. and some producer has to come whisper (laughs) in their ear the distributor is here and they're taking photographs for the advertising campaign and they need you i mean that's gonna help you get where you need to be for the next scene it was just (laughs) you know really awful yeah Yeah. except almost everyone was just Delightful, like lovely. Oh, he said. Oh, he said almost. <laughs> but did they have? Like at that time, that would be surprising. Did they have? Do you think like photo approval? Like did oh, they sure, have, but that comes much later. I see. You know, okay. that comes after the photo shoot, and then they are xing through. You know, right. Context. No, but you make a really good point. It's disruptive. It is know, disruptive. So, it's so disruptive, but it's also part of your job. It's, no, it's necessary. It's definitely part of their job. And it's not it's, an everyday thing. It's sort of, me, right. it puts me in the position of being kind of the bad guy or right. the face of the sure. thing that they don't want to do. It's not right. like you were like, Gwyneth, I need that pimento cheese recipe now. <laughs> you're like taking a picture of her. It's not, you know, well, you're not you, asking her to do an Etch-a-Sketch. And, well, and the, she is in the middle of being photographed anyway. And yeah. she's, she's like, star turn this way. To help fuck her. <laughs> and she's the star of the movie, so there's a lot riding. Yeah, there's right, a lot of pressure. Yeah. And she won an Oscar. All she, turned out well. Yeah. It turned out well. But Judy, back to Judy. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah so, Judy, of course. She's the one. So Judy Dench, obviously, I mean, was already, I mean, she was a big movie star, I mean, a big star in England yeah. in, the, for the, in the theater. And everybody in the, in, in the United States, in the acting world, knew who she was. And every gay she guy everywhere. Really, she wasn't really a household name yet. No. She had done Mrs. Brown and she had uh-huh. done you know, a couple of other movies. This was really early, so but I was so excited to meet Judy Dench. Yeah. And this was her last day of shooting. And I'd been there a week and I still hadn't got one shot. Oh. And so it was really, you know, she heard that we were there. And so Judy Dench excused herself from the from the set because she could not miss being on the poster. That's what we were talking about. She was like, she heard we were there, and she's like, well, I have to go. I'm in. And they were really pressed for time, so they didn't want her to leave the set. They needed to shoot her out Mm. and get her home. Right. And so... um, Was that director John Madden? It was John Madden. Yeah, yeah. And so, in rolls into this airplane hangar-like place. I mean, it was a stage, but it was, you know, enormous. Yeah. And the, uh, a little golf cart comes in and there's Judy Dench with one of the ADs. Oh my god. And on the walkies all I kept hearing was where is Judy? Where is Judy? <laughs> <laughs> and she said tell them I'm in the loo. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that you know, she can get away with that, right? And she was I fantastic. Oh, that's she was so just great. great. She was, that's why I got to meet her very briefly. But that was really. Wasn't wonderful. she nominated for she that won. as well? It was like she the sh- and it was the sh- she won, she won. and was it was a very like short for like appearance. Eight yeah. On screen. It was like she and Beatrice Strait are the shortest. The shortest. Oh, Oscar Oscar network. Yeah. Yes. My first Judy Dench memory is Room with a View. Oh yeah. That's the first time that I remember being aware of who yeah, she was. Yeah, I mean, she, she, was a, she was certainly like a London, you know, West End, you know, London theater legend, and she worked a lot in British television. And dare I say, a, now a pen pal of mine. Is because, she? Well, I wrote to her and she wrote me back. I think we're pen pals. We're practically dating. Did she write with a pen? <laughs> she, she wrote with a pen. She signed it. She sent me a picture, which I didn't ask for. But thank you so much, Judy, for the picture. Um, I really just sent her like a fan letter. Yeah. But she did send me a little note with a picture. And it's um, hanging on my wall. Okay, so I saw her on Broadway in Amy's View. Did you? I did. See oh, it? I never saw yes, that. I, did. I had she, like second row. She was stunning that. in it. Oh, I, I had God. half seats. I, this was after... Uh, Shakespeare. After Love, Shakespeare. Or Love. during or something. It was like sure. right in that period. Yeah. I remember thinking. And you had just worked with her. Did you write her a little note? Yes. I just hey, took come backstage. I'm from Miramax. <laughs> is here to see you. I, I want to hang I'm here with, I'm here with the distributors. Are we going to Joe Allen's afterward? <laughs> <laughs> I sent her a cookie, but she sent it back. But she sent it back. <laughs> so, um, so uh, Judy Dench, though, in Amy's view, though, I'd never, I never, I mean, I say this as, you know. Isn't I'm, that David Hare who wrote that? Stumford, right? No? David uh, Hare. No, I think you're right. I think it is. Shoot, I don't remember. But I remember... Uh, google uh, uh, I, <laughs> I remember... Uh, that was one of the most... The sexiest performances I'd ever seen. Mm. And I remember feeling like I'm as gay as a picnic basket and I'm sitting there just <laughs> going, Wow. Like she was so sexy. Well, yeah, she was sensual. Sensual, like, yeah. She was so... Oh my God. It was like... You could, it was radiant, and that was when I was like, I knew she could do anything. Yeah, yeah. I've seen her in a few things on stage, both in London and in New York, and she's just, you know, Did you a see genius. her Little Night Music, by any chance? I didn't. Me either. I That's did. But well, uh, I saw the, the filming of it. You know, they filmed, oh, the, yeah, yeah, they filmed yeah, yeah. it, and I saw that. Oh, it was the only okay. time, it was the first time I ever understood... The, the lyrics to Sin in the Clowns. Uh, it was that's, the only time I ever. That is the, my takeaway from it wow. as well. Because because she, she doesn't funny, sing. But it was funny. And, and it's sad. It's so poignant. It's devastating, it's, yeah. but starts kind of. I believe the German expression mit einem lachenden und einem weinenden Auge is really appropriate <laughs> in that moment. Is I was going yes. to say the same thing. <laughs> you know, I, I was always looking for an excuse to use thing. that expression because I, I, I try to say it every uh, couple of months lest I forget it. So I, I just try to say it out loud every couple of months. I mean, and I that is, with, with one eye, <laughs> it means, so with one eye which is laughing and one eye which is crying. Oh, that's beautiful. I love your German accent. You had a German character in common knowledge. Yes, you? I did, I did. And I did, it's did, all yeah. coming back to me now. Yes, that's, that's a song. Thanks, Celine. Today's Ladies. podcast is brought to you by the Celine Dion Theater, soon to be so vacant. Those, those were fun, I'm sure, adventures in, in uh, you know, filmmaking and, and PR. I mean, you certainly learn a lot great. about the business. Oh, yeah, you know, that's great. As, I think as, as a director, as a writer-director, like, you know, a lot of, a lot of young writer-directors who haven't, like, you know, done a lot, you know, don't know anything about how the business works, yeah. you know, and I think that for you... You know, kind of like working, you know, at a, a, a big distributor, uh, 
well, indie distributor, but you know, doing big movies and things like that. Campaigns. Being around it, yeah. Yeah, being around that. It's just, I think it's just like invaluable um, lessons about like how this industry works. I mean, you see that it's run by you know criminals, racist thugs. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's but also rapists. really like I mean, I don't know your experience is because we're all East Coast people originally. Mm-hmm. We are. But one of the things that I bumped up against um, in New York was a real condescension about Los Angeles. And I feel like there's a, pre- uh, there's a, uh, yeah, there's a, I don't know, conventionalism or like a stereotype about LA that like everybody here is dumb and nobody reads. And every meeting that I ever had with people in studios about whatever project or any production company, they were always super well read. They were so smart. Yeah, it's really interesting. Not true. Yeah, I, I actually have somewhat different experiences a lot of times, but sometimes for me it's about their age as well as uh, well, that's not story. just geography. Yeah, and that makes. Me I mean, crazy. there you yeah. know there there are there are reprehensible children. The children. There are reprehensible people in Los Angeles, and, and in there's New York, the, there's a by whole the way, culture. Yes. <laughs> yes, of course. There, there's the real and Tuscaloosa. I mean, it's everywhere. The Real Housewives and the, you know those. Yeah. Idiots and you know all of that Don't get nonsense. Me uh, but yeah, yeah. but I did find when I moved to LA. First of all, I mean, like Doug was among the early people that I met, and he's a New Yorker. That's fine. Um, but I did get to know not through Doug necessarily, but through some other people. Like, there's a fascinating underground artistic community here of like people doing experimental theater and dance and. Um, just there, there's really interesting work being done in mm-hmm. Los Angeles and very interesting people that, you know, that, that buck that stereotype that if you live here, you know, that's not true. There is this idea of Los Angeles that you're talking about yeah. that happened in New York and people are like, oh, you don't want to go there. That's not, but, but you made that move over well, the question here I, too. I always got when I would go back is like, how can you live there? You know, sort of like, how could you have left New York? How could you because the winter like, sucks. Well, I'm just like, who wants to deal know, with that? How can you like, you know, do you, which do you like better? And I'm sort of like, you know what? It's not a competition. Right. Have you, an avocado. you shouldn't have to choose. Well, no, that's true. And you are, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I love, yeah, of course. I love New York. And I love, I, you know, I love, I, my family is yeah, there still. And I, I'm going there in two days. You know, I, I, I love being in New York. Um, I do think it's hard to live there. Yeah, um, it's and it's That's not true. the it's same not city that I grew up in. You know, I'm, I was you know born there, um, but it's know, not a competition. And it's, it isn't, and it's, and it's also you know nobody disagrees. It's a great city, right? And that, I mean, oh, I it's still a great but city. for you, but for you, for your creativity, for your journey, for your filmmaking, this is where this no, is it was mostly in New York. I oh, mean, it I've was. only made yeah, I've only made Lazy Eye since I've been to LA. Oh, I've only awesome. been in LA officially the last five years, even though. As you know, we I, I was doing both coasts for a long time, mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. five more years. So, oh, okay. So for so 10 years, years. For 10 years, I've been coming back, you know, being in L.A. in different ways. And then you ways. just finally gave up and the I, Brooklyn manse and kind of committed to you know why we had to? Okay, so here's why we had to do that, real technically. Mm. Because Drew was traveling overseas so much with, at that moment, like doing War Horse and other plays. And then... I was out here all the time. Uh-huh. That was when we were working together a yeah. lot. Mm-hmm. And this co-op would not let us sublet again. Yeah, you know, that's... That was literally it. That's Se- why, that's, well, that's why, that's it was why I had to empty. sell my apartment on West End Avenue in 71st. That's right. I sublet it for a few years to Maybe. Kate Clinton and Irva Shavad, <laughs> uh, oh. old, old friends of mine, and they oh. sublet when I came out here. Yeah. And then... 
the co-op board, to whom, right. by the way, because Manhattan, I had to pay the co-op board 30% fee of the of what they were giving me in rent. Oh, that's I had to pay on top of the maintenance. And then I didn't have they, to do they that. had to they made me they said you either have to leave it empty or move back. So I, I had to sell mine. It's a, it's so terrible. Well it was frustrating because they all knew us because we'd been there eleven years and I don't know. We look I get it, it's in the bylaws. We they weren't gonna make an exception, but right. it was still it's that was sort of te- the last it's a straw. Terrible. Right. So okay, so you and got when, rid of it. And it's so just cost prohibitive. You know, yeah, you can't just leave it empty. Places. How long have you been married to Drew? We got married in 08, mm. 11 years ago. Maybe yes. you remember that. Day. I do. I do. I, well, I mean, you know, Tim is one of these people who just, you know, on a whim invites people like, hey, I'm going to have like some people over. And then it turns out when you get there, and it was your this wedding? This is our wedding. Oh, that's few, so sweet. Well, in a few, uh, in several of these things. I think you had like an actual like ceremony somewhere else. In Santa Barbara, but it was right. just the two of us and a stranger. Oh, that's that was it. So, the person, oh, oh, so who actually married you? A stranger who's become a really sweet good friend, actually. The but, danger yeah. of doing an impromptu surprise wedding yeah. is that people might bring random people to the occasion. Okay. Which I, I did. Yeah, people don't. You would have. If one is invited with a guest, one would receive an invitation that said for, plus one or with guests. It was for a wedding. It was for like a barbecue. A barbecue, anything where there's going to be food, you can't just bring people. I did. I no, actually no, no, said, no. I think I said, would you mind if ah, I brought ah, Carlo? That's, well, that's important. Um, you know, I, and I, I got, there was a little bit of like a, well, I, and I was like, you know. I, you decided oh, not to take that hint. Yes. Right. Right. But you didn't take that hint. No, I'm like, well, I'm with him anyway. It's coming. He's coming. So, but so when we that's got beautiful there, though that you did it that. It was fun. When we got, I was on a date. Well, we were one of the eighteen thousand couples. Oh, you so were. We had to, like, you had you. Yeah. We, we had to. That's why we didn't. You had registered. You because yeah. we were. I mean, it was. There was no time. No, of course. Like, it was that time we before Prop uh, Eight. Right. That's right. right. And um, you know, pass, and so yes, I, there was there was urgency. Before there was problems with uh, makers right. and candlestick yeah, makers yeah. and florists and all of that. Yeah, yeah. so it was. Um, yeah. It was uh, summer. It was July. But it, I just remember feeling really awkward because I was <laughs> I'm like, "So sorry, Eric. no, 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 I'm, please, no, please." Yeah. I, 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 and I then didn't behave myself very well either. <laughs> <I mean. sighs> Who did? That oh, was a fun, that was a it was fun a really fun. That's night. very sweet, though. Uh, I shouldn't have mentioned his name, but he'll never listen to this. Yeah. I, I do see him out and about. He's a lovely, lovely guy. Um, we were dating at the time. We had fun. It was fun. You can bleep out his name in post. I mean, we'll have someone on our team oh, take yeah. care of that. Team, take care of that. It's true. There's a team. Yeah. I, can, I can't do it. Yeah. It was and a Now really I'm starting good to think party. of all the people who were there. That was really fun. Do you yeah. have? You must have pictures. We have lots of pictures. Oh, good. So you, it was great. But everyone was surprised. Hopefully we none of my right, clandestine right. activities that I was trying to hide. That's on a video. <laughs> yes, of course. That's in the newsletter. So that's, on, uh, that's on X-Tube. Pornhub. <laughs> yeah, it really was scandalous. Yeah. Oh, oh, Eric. Apologies. No worries. <laughs> it took a podcast for you yeah. to get that apology out. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I was 11 years ago. I think we all I, have a future. I think I did apologize at the time. So uh, can we talk a little <laughs> bit about filmmaking and your no, films? No, of course, and... of course. So, how did you 
go to film school out of college? I did not. I did film a little bit in undergrad. I was a graphic design major in journalism. Where'd you go? I was at North Carolina State University. Okay. Home. What town is that? Raleigh. Okay. Raleigh, North Carolina. It was a great. I had a fantastic education. Uh huh. Because I was went to the College of Design, which was, it was like a little. It was a, a little slice of heaven in surrounded by... Because you're off an artist in art school. <laughs> right, you're also right. an artist and graphic designer. And, uh, yeah, and they had, we, I studied painting there and drawing. Yeah. And, I mean, it was a fantastic... It was, an all comp, it was a comprehensive design school. So, the, you know, the theory was that you sort of liked Black Mountain. And, you know, the, it was all influenced by, like, those Bauhaus... Right, right. ...mentality. Whereas, oh, yeah. like, you leave the school as a designer and can be sensitive to all the aspects of design. Like, even though I majored in graphic design, I understand architecture and product mm-hmm. design, and like, I think like a design. Sort of a rounded yeah. education. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I use it every day of my life. And Fant- in that's some fantastic. Ways, filmmaking was just a natural outgrowth of what they taught me about the principles of design. So did you go into school knowing you were gonna come out as a filmmaker? I had no or idea. You were just sort of in the no. arts and in graphic arts and, yeah. and what? And I found a camera in the basement of one of the, the of Brooks Hall and I dusted it off and the guy ran the the AV kind of cage he dusted it off and he had been a filmmaker and he said I'm going to show you how to use this nobody has wanted to use it in years it was 16 millimeter it was hand cranked yeah yeah and it was like it changed my life isn't that like kind of Zapruder-y of you isn't it (laughs) it was very (laughs) Zapruder-y but it's very funny that like it's great and it's great and it's like oh no one's Interested in film in here. Everyone was interested in video. Yeah, that was the burgeoning kind of video. And your dreams were in CinemaScope, honey. I wanted to be a movie maker. What was the first? So, what was the first thing you shot with it? Do you remember? The first movie that I ever shot with film. Yeah. Was do you remember Suzanne Vega's Tom's Diner? Yes. Hey, I think at this moment we'll we'll layer that in. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's a lot Work of on that team. That's a yeah. lot of Oh, yeah. Books. Anyway. It's the original, not the little disco-y version. Yeah, okay. of course. Yeah. I, have, I had it on record. Oh, I had. Oh, I totally had that. Yeah. No, I didn't. It was one of my cassettes. I had a cassette that was a great tape. album. That was where I really missed Nathan. Take a note. To I'm going to listen to that but, tonight. But I do. We have a new team. New team. Yeah, yeah. Hello, team. <laughs> uh, I showed okay, so shot... a linear, literal version of that song <sighs> in a diner in Raleigh, North Carolina. It was really fun. And where is that, do you think? Uh, I have it on. Did you get it like transferred? Yeah, yeah, I'm totally gonna get it transferred. Yeah. And then I went to the new school. Okay. Because in I New York. I was gonna be a film snob. Right. I wanted to write about film, and and I, that was when um, I was kind of I was being a gay activist essentially, and mm-hmm. AIDS activist, and it was sort of like that was the early days of. No, the, sorry, the later days of AIDS activism mm-hmm. because it was sort of like post Larry Kramer. Yeah, it was sort of like mid eighties. You remember like. They're talking about mid nineties, right? Yeah, like oh, early, oh, early, early nineties. Okay. So, yeah, and so I was in, in in the new school, and we were all doing. It was like media criticism. There was a lot of reading Marshall McLuhan, <laughs> and you know, um, activist activist media makers. Mm-hmm. Like they were doing, like you remember the kiss ins in the bars. Like, yeah, of course. Go to the Upper East Side and everybody would yeah. kiss. Yeah, yeah. So that makes me think of like what's his name, Michelangelo Seniorelli. Sin- 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 he was my yeah. god. I mean, exactly. he was like, yeah. oh yeah, I love. And I outing people and yes, you know, you know whether or not people Queer should Nation. be outed. Queer Nation, yeah. Queer Nation, yeah. 
And so there was a lot of activism at the new school at the time. So I thought I was going to be that person. I thought, you know, my, I, I wanted to be be Ruby Rich. You know what I mean? That was sort of like my, the, you're, right, you're, for the village voice. Which like, aspired, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. I thought that's, and then. Or like no. a better Michael Musto. <laughs> <laughs> I love Michael yeah, I mean, I shouldn't yeah. say that. He's, so he's great. But anyway, you know, it was that he was an activist in his own way too. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean? oh, in a, in a very off. cheeky, yeah, yeah, yeah. wonderful no, way. He's great. Like I felt like such synergy. That's what I'm really missing right now. Mm-hmm. I really miss that world. I'm feeling well. It's such a sense of yeah. community, and we're was, and and that's the thing is that we all had this sort of common message that there were so many different yeah. facets that people employed to get their messages out, but it was all this sort of unifying yeah, goal. Yeah. That maybe is a little disparate now because there's all the social media. Everything yeah. is very well. That's what I was just solitary. thinking. I mean, like there, there are yeah. like wonderful, beautiful, young activists who who are very serious about you know things, but their medium seems to be like the Instagram story yeah, or. Yeah. You know, it's like the pic- yeah. these this picture or whatever, which is fine. Maybe but it's working. I don't know. I, maybe yeah. you know, it's I, but it's not the same as like. It doesn't serious, work for us in the same way. You no, know, well, just serious articles. Yeah. Like no one has the patience to read an article now, but much less. And you know, yeah. it's just like it, it. You know, you need like a little blurb. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just so I felt such desperation. I mean, I'm romanticizing it a little bit, but it was you know, it was. It oh, still smelled well, like so, urine in the subway. You know, like remember you those moments. With like a real mission. Well, know? queer queer cinema was exploding. So yes. it was like Tom Kalen, oh, Todd exactly. Haynes, uh, Rose Trichet, like, oh, all, yeah, like yeah. Those, those film right. filmmakers, Cheryl Donier. So did ends, you feel so? Oh, Gregoraki. Yeah, Gregoraki. Uh, so you saw you were kind of part of all of that. You aspired to be part of that group. So is that what? Oh, they were total inspirations. Yeah. To me. I yeah. Was like when, as soon as I saw Poison, I remember feeling that film, yeah, and film Chris, can do so. that Chris, was it for you, you know and Christine Vachon was Vachon, making those yeah. films yeah. and uh, oh, yeah. Miramax the, was she changed the world she totally did I love her I mean yeah, she's she amazing. came like I, I've met with her a number of times um and I thought to myself, like when I was meeting with her at the Cannes Film Festival once, was she's pitching. Oh, you just had game. to drop that in, didn't you? I, mean, well, I met whatever. her at the Cannes what? Film Festival. Hold on a second, let me. My yeah. lawyer, I mean, my really, lawyer set up a really. pitch meeting with, with her, but um, it was over croissant on the cassette that she we, was I mean, trying really? to get me to finance Savage Grace, and I was like, this movie is not gonna make a cent, and I can't help a you. But, a sou, a not a cent. Um, well, I, right? uh, it was. It was the first time she was working with Tom again. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't there, but anyway, she came and pitched it. I wanted to help, but I couldn't find her the money. But um, uh, but I thought to myself as we were having this meeting, and then I got to know her a little bit. I just thought, you know what? If I had met Christine Vachon in the '90s, you know, when I was working in film and beginning to do things, I was like, mm-hmm. I never would have left New York, like because like yeah. she was doing exactly yeah. what I wanted to mm-hmm. do. Um, and uh, she's just she's a maverick. She's I, I have such huge admir- admiration for. Christine Vachon. She was amazing. Me too. Um, and she was very, very inspiring to me. And continues to be. Yeah. But the bu- the the whole new school thing, though, didn't last but a year. I mean, I, I graduated from there, but I realized very early into my three-year master's program mm. that I did not want to be sitting around a room talking theory. Right, right. Like, you didn't want to discuss it. You wanted to, you wanted to do it. Do. I wanted to make movies. And is, that, is yeah. that when you decided to make Dear Jesse? How it did is. that happen? It, it is. While I was at the new school, I saw a movie by Ross McElwee, who's a sh- from Charlotte, North Carolina. He okay. teaches at MIT, and he's an amazing... Nerd. First person 
documentary filmmaker. Okay. He narrates like Michael it's Moore. about him, but he way predates Michael sure. Moore. And he's like, he was one of the first people ever to insert himself into a documentary. Oh, right? interesting. And so he, he the, the great movie Sherman's March is in the, you know, the American archive. It's like, it's mm. incredible film about a, a young filmmaker who gets a grant to make a movie about Sherman's march through the South in during the Civil War. Right, right. But right before he starts shooting, uh, a girlfriend breaks up with him, and so he instead he traces Sherman's march through the South, but interviews ex-girlfriends and his, <laughs> his family, and it, it explores his complicated relationship with having left the South. Fantastic. Being born there, being from there, and I totally identified with yeah. that. Yeah. And so in 1990. Six when Jesse Helms was running for re-election, I decided I wanted to go home. I'd been in New York for six years. I wanted to get out of there, go back, and try to figure out why the people back home keep sending him back to the center. Right. And I made Dear Jesse, and it's it's a very personal first person diary, and it's a letter in the form of a letter to Jesse Helms. Oh wow! Okay, great. As a queer kid who grew up in the same town, has all these things in common. But as in, as I say in the movie, the, the kind of the punchline of the movie is that um, the thing we mo- have most in common is that for 24 years in the U.S. Senate, he's been obsessed with homosexual men. <laughs> <laughs> most of my adult life, so have I. So, no, it's then, a, and it's I mean, a oh, it's a beautiful window into who Tim is. It's it's a it's an amazing film. It got great. Can people see uh, it? Notices. I, I loved it. Can, it's on, can it's on see, Amazon. So it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime, I guess. Which is so perfect because tonight's podcast is brought to you by Amazon, <laughs> Amazon and Prime. Amazon Prime. Sign up today, get a free month trial, and watch Dear Jesse on your Amazon Prime. Thanks, Use Amazon. The promo code. This is happening. Yes, this is happening. Promo code. This is happening. The podcast uh now tim if that was yeah, since yeah. that was your first you know big old big old yeah, yeah. uh give me three things that you learned uh about filmmaking oh but only about three yeah so yeah. make these count three things that you learned from as a result of making that film that you took to the next film okay uh okay i'll try yeah i know what the first one that that came to mind was uh Shoot more than you think you need. Oh, uh-huh. that makes um, sense. That was tough. How much more, Tim? I don't know. Were you I, like, were you slowing movie. down scenes and making the? <laughs> no, just a fill you time. don't do that. No, you have less, fewer like, options, yeah. Yeah. and you, you're yeah. gonna narrow yourself into this cut. And you're like, but what if I? So spend this? your budget <laughs> on more film stock you're or whatever. Right. Okay, so there's yeah. one. Here's one that's let. This is more vain, but it's also <laughs> important for documentary filmmakers. Yeah. If you are going to insert yourself into the documentary as a character, and you are not Matt Damon, for example, uh-huh. uh, someone someone recognizes, then you need to not change your facial hair and wear the same thing all the time. Oh, throughout the film. Oh, yeah, make yourself a recognizable you have character. To be a character. My facial hair changed constantly. <laughs> I wore... Different we weren't clothing. thinking about this at all. I right, wasn't right. Today, I'm going to be this person. <laughs> <laughs> and people are writing in, like, that cast is huge. Look at that. Oh, no, that's him. That's the annoying gay guy who's narrating. That's, oh, that's a really good really tip. funny. I mean, it, it is a good tip. I don't remember having a problem with that when I watched it, but, like, yeah. you know. I, I would. I'd I be like, I was confused by all those people. <laughs> And why do they, what do they all share? One pair of glasses? Well, I don't get no, it. No, no, no. I changed glasses. Oh, Jesus. No, it, what were you thinking? About. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking. 
TK, what were you thinking? I was not thinking. Okay, that's he was, super he was important. Like, but I could be anything. I'm a chameleon. Right. Like, that's not helpful. <laughs> right. For this. We're not looking that's for chameleons. Not helpful for this. So, bad. <laughs> so that's a kind of practical. Yeah, role. that's good. Yeah. That's good. That's that good. Does, that is good. And that, and the other thing uh, that I learned during that that uh, experience was that a movie, like when in doubt, when you're when you're lost in story, figure out what three things the movie is about oh. and just figure out those three things sort of take stock and yep. and, and sit with yourself to yep. really get and, a clear picture if it's not a, if, if something is in if the that movie that's not one of those not three things that, get rid of it get, mm. yeah that's great advice. that's good for documentary especially yeah. like, and hoarders anything <laughs> hoarders <laughs> also no that's like, that's even good about web series or it's whatever just like, and three is that magical number I yeah. think it's sort of arbitrary that I chose three, but yeah, it was three makes makes sense. And you took all of this to your next. I did film, and yeah. the next film yeah. was the night Larry Kramer kissed me. Yes, which was. Um, a, which you did not write. No, oh, da- David Drake wrote, performed it, and basically he produced the movie. How did that end up? How did you end up directing that? David saw Dear Jesse, mm. and he it was Probably. offered to me essentially. I mean, it's one he, of the three people that saw that movie. I Oops. love. I know okay. it's true. No, no, no. no that actually love, got beautiful reviews. But he didn't know. He reviews. didn't know he was reaching out to Tim. He was reaching out to one of the other Tims yeah, from Dear Jesse. Oh, that's you? No, no. Send the other guy, Tim. So he approached you to direct it, and how we had several conversations. It wasn't just offered to me, but I, I had seen the play. It was a life-changing play for me. Mm. It was I about for for a time it was the longest solo show in the history of New York. I'm trying, but I'm trying yeah. to remember where As I it was advertised. It, but I, it was some off Broadway theater. So did you feel it was, in the village. It was on Perry Street? Perry I was, Street theater. I was living in New York at the time. I loved it. I it life changing is strong, but I I loved it. I was so moved by oh, it. Oh yeah, I totally changed. And because I you know what I was discovering who I was as like mm-hmm. a gay man. And I just remember him, you know, the, there were all these different things where he's, you know, it's like, like same seeking same or, you know, just like straight acting, seeking straight acting, just like, yeah. there's all these things that like, I was just learning, yeah. you know, it's just like kind of discovering Have you what seen? dating uh, No, I read, like. only read. Um, he embodies all the gay archetypes mm-hmm. in this particular sequence during the, yeah. the play it's that's funny and moving and angry and sexy yeah. and, and it's about it's one of those things that everybody has read yeah. you know that but I never I never got to see it it reads like poetry yeah. And, yeah. and it's about how you know uh, Larry Kramer inspired him you know with uh, uh, a normal heart you yeah. know and and uh, I had seen that at, at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival oh, years before um, and then I did see a revival or whatever, but like I just mm. I God I love that play. I he was also super cute at the He's time. So yes, cute. he was very so. sexy. I remember <laughs> he was on the cover of the yeah. of the uh, play. And so was it a, a sort of collaboration for you, or for did sure. so yes. he allowed yes. you some room to to put in your stamp and your vision? Yeah, but we decided early on that we wanted it to be a document of the experience of going to the theater. So in the kind of the spirit of Spalding Gray's movies, mm-hmm. yeah. or, you know, Jonathan Demme's Stopping Consent, sort of like, you know, like some of those great, and Julia Sweeney does these two that are really wonderful, simple, right. um, but but powerful staging and filming of 
of one of a performance. Was well, it a, was it of a, a, a performance or was it just it for was. camera? We shot five days in Baltimore, mm -hmm. and one of those days was with a live audience. I just saw the the but Helen Mirren play. Sorry. The visit or the audience, uh, you know, where she played the queen and with all of her oh, yeah. prime ministers, yeah, yeah. and they filmed a, an actual performance on the West End, and they played in movie theaters. Yeah, it's called, I think it's called like Fathom Events or something, which but, is also know, I mean, one of Whoopi our Goldberg sponsors. Did this with her show. Yes, of course. Um, oh yeah, Whoopi Goldberg yeah. directed yeah, yeah, yeah. and Claudia Shear. Remember Blown Sideways? Blown Sideways, yeah. Of course, and also uh, you know Lily, Lily Tomlin did it with well, us. Yeah, well, really that, and, yeah. Uh, Intelligent yeah. Life in the Universe. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's a, it's a great tradition. I mean, but there's what, a real art what I to mean, it. Yeah, what I mean is like you didn't decide to like let's open it up and actually just like cast other people. It's like no, you you captured the 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 play the the yeah. experience. Um, and it's not great. just about placing a camera and staying out of frame. I mean, no. you know, you have a vision because it doesn't always translate. Well, know? in some ways, it doesn't work. But and I think. It worked. I mean, I really, I'm really proud of the film. Two the things. Thing, two things you learned from that one, Tim. What are two things? No, I remember. Like, listen, I had it's, seen the. I had seen I'm it. So proud of it. I had seen it live, yeah. so I had that experience. Mm. But it's a document of what that play is and was, and and you captured him doing it, and you worked with him over five days. You know. Oh, well, obviously, over more time than that. <laughs> they it, met at it, half it, hour. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and it's beautiful that you did that. I Thanks. love that film too. And so then that led to Loggerheads. Loggerheads was a which was the really big you wrote, big I film wrote for you. That was the first film that I wrote that was a um, fiction, like narrative fiction. And what we would call a movie. A movie. Uh, yes, and that was inspired by a woman that I met. On Dear Jesse, mm -hmm. um, one of the char one of the characters in Dear Jesse, actually two two characters, are mothers who both lost sons to AIDS. Both of their sons' names were Mark, mm -hmm. and they started a, a political action group called Mothers Against Jesse in Congress. They called themselves Magic. Okay. And they called me one day during Larry Kramer actually, and they said, um, "There's a woman that you need to meet," and it ended up being the woman who inspired Loggerheads. And her story is that. In the 1960s, she was unwed and pregnant, and I think 19, and was sent away to a home for unwed mothers, and gave up her child for adoption, and 20-something years later, decided to look for him. And simultaneously, he was adopted by a family, and wanted to look for her, and oh, yeah. the laws of North Carolina prevented them from meeting, even though they each had two letters one from him to her, one from her to him, sitting in a folder in an adoption agency. And Saying, the, law, the policy doesn't allow you. Meet. Wow. Yeah. And it prevented them from meeting, and he died of AIDS before they could meet. Ugh. So I thought, there's a movie here. Yeah. And so and Tim found a very beautiful, ingenious way to structure and tell that story in that the, the, the way the narrative is set up in the movie, uh, you don't know... You know, you, it's it's like parallel stories, and you don't know how these people are related. Mm -hmm. You know, until until the end, and it's it's it, oh, it just blew me away. And Loggerheads is available. Loggerheads is available on oh, yes. Amazon Prime at a dollar ninety nine rental fee. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. So continue to use your promo code, <laughs> listeners. There it is. I see I you mean, putting was, it in your cart. That was actually, you know, I mean, I was like, you know, on my adventuring in, uh, you know, the world of independent film and 
Um, we met after the premiere. We, we, we the, well, so the, yeah, so this is what happened. Like, we it were, was at Sundance. It was at Outfest. I mean, it I was played looking, uh, all over. You know, I was looking at uh, doing this adaptation of a novel by uh, Lee Smith, who's a brilliant woman Southern novelist. Who was in um, Dear Jesse, and she was my teacher. Exactly. In, in college. Really? She's my yeah, creative writing professor. And so when I was going to the Sundance Film Festival, I don't think it was for the first time. I mean, often actually when, you know, when Doug was doing events there, you know, just like sponsoring the gays. Not going to... I went to six Sundance Film Festivals and I saw one movie one year. Yeah. That was it. Was I was like, are they really showing movies at this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, that was always a fun little aspect. But, but it, for me, it was great, you know, that um, it was, you know, Tess Harper said... Well, you know, you got to come see this movie, Loggerheads, um, and meet Tim Kirkman. And so I went to this to a screening. I think it wasn't the first one. It was maybe like third or fourth. Because that, you know, it, this actually, yes, this yeah, was my first trip to Sundance, and I I was there yeah. for the the second half. Okay. 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 And uh, and so I I went to this, um, but I went and you know I I only knew Tess tangentially. And I introduced myself to her, told her who I was, and she knew that I was going to come see this thing. She's like, oh my God, great. And then she brought me over to meet Tim. And we had a great conversation, and here we are. Yeah. But I mean, you know, we just, we, we ended up, you know, um, you know, collaborating and... and um, Trying to get a movie made. Trying so to get a movie made, as you do. And <laughs> you so, know? speaking of which, <laughs> what what's oh. happening next? Where are you now in, in uh, filmmaking? I world? am writing... I've written... Um, I've a film made, about two podcasters named Doug and Eric? Oh, my God. Well, we're looking for a sponsor. <laughs> oh, but, uh, we'll I mean, see. We'll one see. of the things that Tim has continued to do, I mean, like... He, you know, now, you know, he became like a, one of like the mentors of, of uh, Outfest's uh, screenwriting program and, it, you know, has helped identify, you know, like new scripts and shine a light on new talent. Um, and then, you know, and we, we have all these strange intersections, like someone else that I went to college with um, produced Lazy Eye, um, the producer of Lazy Eye. Todd. Yes, Todd. Todd Shots. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Um, you we, and Todd. We went to Penn, and I actually oh saw him God. at Shul recently when I was taken to a. Um, Todd is an amazing. What's the Jewish? It might have been a Yom Kippur service or. Okay. Todd something. is a leader, like an educate. In addition to being a brilliant producer, and activist, and especially you know. I mean, all over actually. He's lovely. He's a, he's a fantastic human being, and uh, a Jewish edu- educator. Mm. You know, he, he has an entire life as uh, an educator. Is he seeing someone? <laughs> he is. He is a great. I'm sure he's lovely. He's he's fantastic. He, he really he is. He flew to Israel yesterday, but Sean, um, Sean, Todd and I met. Simon is his boyfriend. Todd and I met in, God, like you remember the Donkey Show. Back in New York, the the Shakespeare that was Midsummer Night mm-hmm. stream in a in a disco. Yeah, it was yeah. great. So Todd and I met there at like uh, mutual friends, just like at a party one night, mm-hmm. and we were friendly, but not really you know close friends or anything. But we kept up over the years. I sent him the script for Lazy Eye on July fourth 
uh, he had had it for a month. I didn't hear from him. On July the 4th, I was in Arizona. I get this phone call. Todd says, I'm in Israel. I'm on my way home. I read your script. We, we have to talk. I'm like, well, can we do it later? He's like, no, now. It's like we're making this movie. And three months later, we were making the movie. Amazing. I love that. Love Amazing. That. He was just like, he just loved the script. And, now, and then is, after that, sorry, we... Todd is younger than I am, so we didn't actually, like, overlap in college. But yeah, I don't like to hear that whenever Todd and I are together. He's like, well, I'm younger. Ah, uh, you. So, yeah. No, but he, he made it happen. I mean, he, he was really instrumental in getting that movie that together. We did that. We produced it together. And he, we actually loved the experience so much, we started a company. Oh, and what, so what and was so, the inspiration of Lazy Eye? Tell us a little. Oh, I, I did see it, and I was Lazy hugely eye. moved by it. Um, um, Lazy Eye was... Uh, inspired by a lot of different events that I combined kind of into one. The main one being like asking the question, what happens if somebody from your past comes out of the woodwork and contacts you after ghosting years and years ago? Oh, wow. And I'm, I was finding that social media was doing this a lot, you know, with people who just kind of... They just resurface. Resurface. Yeah. And you're like, the, the one who got away, suddenly, what happens if the one who got away suddenly, you know contact you and that was the origin of the story and so I created this this story that was hugely like a lot of the details came from my own life like he's a graphic designer he was a graphic designer in LA who did movies so it's a little close to you and the other well (laughs) the other guy the guy from the past you know like had maybe substance problems and blah 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 yeah and he was just like he was just you know this intense guy who was from my past that um you know I heard from out of the blue and it was it was disorienting it was actually really upsetting because I was married and very happy mm-hmm. and then I realized like well am I really happy like what does this mean mm-hmm. and like it was very it was upsetting and yeah, I yeah. feel like um, you know make art out of it <laughs> I don't know I don't know it was really life you know, gives you know, limes like, make a margarita it, and I realized the more and I, you know talking to you and the other people this is so universal. It is. Like, I, mean, I realize now it's just... I made parallels yeah, to it in yeah. my own mind, but I, I saw, it was the summer of uh, 2016, I believe, right? That's right. Uh, because I had just under... You know, I just had a, a, a very, you know, um, explosive breakup with someone that I, I'm prone to do that. But, um, and... Um, <laughs> And I was very, like, I was very, like, uh, like, kind of, like, lost in this drama of that. Mm. And I saw this thing, and it just kind of shattered me for a minute. I just, it, like, really, like, there was, there was something universal and relatable. Like, you say, you know, it came from your own life, your own inspiration, but you found a way. I mean, it's fiction, but it's... It it, is no, like, oh, exactly. It was a, that was a Lower case F point. fiction. Right, right, yeah. right. right, that was a jumping off point. Right, you know? exactly. I mean, your, your, own, your own inspiration. But I... I just like, uh, I mean, like a lot of your work too. Like I, I have always found it to be um, super moving and and you know very personal, but also in some way universal. At least to me, you know. I mean, Thanks, I, I, I really, I think you do that really, really well. And so you said now you are writing something new. I've written. I have a couple of projects that I've never been more excited about oh my gosh life. yeah one I can talk about because it was already it's been talked about a little bit Move, but, okay. it's, but it's the story of Walter Jenkins who was LBJ's chief of staff for oh. over 25 years he was with him from Texas all the way to the White House wow. in 1964 three weeks before the Goldwater LBJ election he was 
arrested for having sex with another man in a YMCA men's room. Mm. And it was he was a father of six and Catholic and married and it was on the front page of every paper in America. Wow. And yeah. It put homosexuality up front in a, in a time when it was criminalized. It was pervert. You know, it was a, a and there's a, a, a sex illness. act, not was, just well, being sort of queer. You know, right? And yeah. Lady Bird uh, end, ended up speaking in against her husband. I mean, in, she in took a position against Lyndon. Against yeah. Lyndon's, wow! Uh, so you're doing a film about about, about yeah, this yeah. incident? It's about Walter. Yeah. Wow, that's I'm very exciting. I'm very excited. What's it about called? It. One of many. Mm. And have you put together your your team, the producers? I have a and team. The, do you shoot just, on film? Do you, like, do you, how does that work no, for you? Then? Do people there's still? There's no reason to shoot on film mm-hmm. anymore. I don't think. No, no, that, that's a lost sense. cause. Yeah. I mean, maybe, uh, did Tarantino just shoot his last thing on yeah, film? Yeah, and Paul Tom very, Tom very Anderson few people does, do. I believe. Yeah, and I have to say, I mean, the Phantom Thread was beautiful. I mean, it was exquisite. Yeah, like yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is so exciting, Tim. Well, maybe I'll come back and I can tell you about it if we. When we shoot it. Poo, poo, poo. Of course. Yes, of course. Well, Tim, you're welcome back anytime. And the fact that you live not far from this undisclosed location. And you're actually on your way to, to, to another um, a destination. Soiree, uh, or whatever it is. Um, thank you for joining us, Tim Kirkman. This is so fun. I truly adore you. It's Aww, so good to see you. I don't, I don't see you ne- nearly enough. Well, let's make that... Not the case. Well, you guys, I'm getting a I little uncomfortable. Oh, oh, that's right. We did try to we see tried each other to on Pride. Pride. I waited in line for forever. Oh. Well, you know, and, and actually a, another cohort of ours, uh, Georgie Leahy, also tried to get it. And yeah. I, I I gave a little test run because she was shooting something and she wanted to come in for like literally one drink. I tried to pull her in off the line. Nope, nope, nope. Was not not today, it. Satan. Not today. They were not having it. They, and they, they, they were like, You'll get thrown out. You need to go back yeah, in now yeah, yeah. and stop wow. doing that. I was like, okay. And I saw the guy at the door. I mean, I saw the guy later in the party, and I was like, I apologize. He's like, yeah. okay, uh-huh. don't uh-huh. do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, yeah, I was like, they weren't, they wouldn't, mea like culpa. Gu- they wouldn't even let Gus Kensworthy in. So. Well, exactly. If Gus Kensworthy, I mean, Olympic you know, athlete, can't get in, then no metal. one can. It ain't, it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> if he had had gold, I bet he would have been able to get in. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. If it were, what's his name? That the other guy. Well, thank you, listeners, uh, for joining us. uh, Hopefully, you're listening in, uh, well, North Carolina. I would hope we have a favorite son uh, of North Carolina, Tim Kirkman, here. And of course, as always, thank you, Jakarta. We need to learn how to say thank you you. in Bahasa. Bahasa. Stay tuned. Next time. Future episodes. Future episodes. We will will know how to say that. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye. Bye.